In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hillgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host and recent birthday boy, Boss Dog. Boss, happy birthday, belated birthday, and bark at the people. Thank you very much, and welcome back, everyone. Sorry it's been a bit since we barked at y'all, but we got a lot to catch up on. Draft, spring ball's done. We got so much to catch up on. A couple of transfers in the portal, possibly some people coming in. So we're just gonna roll right into it. Yeah. So coin flip question today. Dogs had a program record nine players selected in the 2021 NFL draft. Do they break that record in the 2022 NFL draft? Yes or no? Today on May 10th, May 11th, whatever today is, I would say yes. I, I would almost 100% say yes. If the projected people who go who leave early, then yes. If the if we have another um, year where a bunch of juniors come back, then it's iffy. But I, I would say that if the projected people who are going to leave early leave early, then yeah, I think there's no doubt that that gets broken. And I think he gets broken easily. I think you're looking probably 11, 12 next year. Oh, you think that many? If the juniors progress like we expect them to and go pro, yes. So I agree with you that I think they will break the record next year. And I did a little rough list, and I feel pretty good about 10 guys going. And that's if everybody stays healthy and, to your point, guys progress. And I could get to 12. Like, you could, you could convince me up to 12, maybe even to 13. I'm going to give you my list, and you tell me who you agree with and disagree with. How do you feel about that? That works. All right, I'm going to give you the three obviouses first. Obviously, JT, Jordan, and George. They will be getting drafted. There's no question about that. They're possible gonna... all first day picks. Correct. Correct. I'm going to give you some others that I think are unquestionable draft picks. If And this is all caveated with everybody stays healthy, okay? I'm going to give you James Cook, Zamir White, Nicobe Dean, Jamari Salyer, and Adam Anderson that I think all get drafted if they stay healthy. You feel good I about it? Don't, a, feel don't good disagree about with any, any, anyone there. Okay. My last two that I see coming off the board, I'm going to go Trayvon Walker and Lewis Seen. See, Trayvon was one I was kind of iffy about. He was He's one that I think would have to have big year and be like – I think he's in that 11 to 12 range. I don't think he's one of the, the guaranteed people. I think that – well, let me see. Do you, you probably have more people on your list. I'm probably jumping ahead. No, nope. so. that's that. That's oh. my ten. Okay. That's my ten. So who did that's I miss? Ten. I think that 
the way that the offense is going to shape up this year, I think you're going to see some surprises. So I think you're looking at um, there's going to be another wide receiver in there. So you're going to look at Karis or yep. we've been waiting for D Rob to explode since he came on, came into Athens. So one of those two is getting drafted. I don't know. It, it could be seventh round, but I think one of those two is getting drafted. Yeah. So Karis, if no- Karis is a good one. I, I almost put him on the list and I was like, well, I mean, the thing he's going to have going for him, I think he'll have an incredible combine and pro day. So that bodes well. Well, wait, well, will he go come? Yeah. Yeah. He'd go come. Yeah. But the one thing that got both of them have going for them, they're both good return guys. So they're both special yep. teams guys. They both can play special teams in the pros. And that's one thing we talked about. When we were talking about the, this current group of guys that just got drafted, who could make an impact and who would get drafted about who could play special teams in the pros. The special teams is huge because you can only keep 53 people on the roster and only 46 can be active every day. If you can play special teams and, you know, contribute just a little bit, you know, you're going to get a roster spot. So hey. I think that that's huge for either one of them. Mark Webb. Yeah, exactly. So, so Ty Smith, the transfer from West Virginia, I think, I don't know his, what year he is, but I think that if he has a big year, he's going pro in the secondary. So I I think there's no question that I, I, so I, I had him on my list. I think unquestionably he's this year's most Smith, but in, on this team, he's going to have a better projection to at pro to be a pro. Yeah, the defensive backfield is a draft wild card, right? Yeah. And there's there's a duality to that. The first one is what you mentioned. It's special teams. Those guys are valuable in the special teams arena. The other one is this ain't your mama's NFL, right? Like they are throwing the football at record amounts. You need as many guys out there as possible that can cover. So – I think I think that's the area where Georgia could slip some guys in. I mean, think about a guy like Amir Speed if he starts the entire season and has a good year. He's an NFL body guy, and yeah. he could sneak in there. I'm not saying he's going to be a first or second day pick, but he could sneak there in the in the back end of the draft, kind of like Mark Webb did. And he's um, going to have a good pro day too. He's got the yeah. measurables. He's going to have a good pro day. And, I mean, I don't think unless he starts all year, he's not going to get invited to the combine, but he'll have a good pro day. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, well, hey, that's a good coin flip, good start. Uh, so this week's Saturday in Athens six-pack brought to you by our good friends at Southern Brewing Company. I mean, look, y'all, there's certain beers that just hit the spot. You've got the first beer at the tailgate, the first tee shot of the day beer, the on-a-boat beer the standing by the grill, smoking meat beer, the taping a podcast beer, and me and boss's personal favorite, the, the dogs just beat Florida in the cocktail party, celebratory beer. But uh, whichever beer you're drinking, so Bruco's got you covered. Personally, some of my favorites are the 7 a.m. because, you know, like the tailgate is a marathon, so I got to have something a little lighter. When it's hot out, I like the red and black, or maybe just as a little refresher for me and boss after we're chasing our broods of kids around um and then you know i feel like the hobnail every day of the week is always a good call because i just kind of envision larry munson narrating me drinking it um so yeah any of those i think would work uh if you're gonna drink beer drink the beer that's athens born and southern made cheers y'all now let's pop some tops so topic number one i just want you to kind of speak on 
a record nine dogs getting taken in the draft. I mean, go dogs. I really, what else can you say? I mean, it was, it did not happen the way I expected it to. That's for damn sure. So let's be honest. This was the first year in probably the last 15 to 18 that I haven't done my normal draft indulgence and looked at a bunch of mock drafts and, um, just, you know, I love the draft. I mean, I made that very clear last year. I just, I love the draft. I love everything about the draft. I love seeing kids' dreams come to reality. I love seeing, and I, as much as I love college football, seeing these unknown schools, these smaller school kids get the, get these high draft picks and seeing their stories. Like, I love all of that. Like, I just, I love the draft. This year, though, I, there, there was the, all these people, the, these small schools, like, I had no idea who they were because I didn't get to do any of my draft prep that I normally do. So it was very entertaining for me. And then to see the, what happened with the dogs and seeing the order that everybody got picked in and seeing the huge day two, and um, especially like uh, the third round, seeing everybody get picked in the third round. I was just blown away. Like I expected some of the names to go on day two, but I thought it was like kind of fringed, like third, fourth and third, maybe a third to fifth round grouping of all those guys. And they all went in the third round. So I was really really happy and, you know, excited for all those kids to, you know, get their shot. A lot of them landed in a lot like great spots too. So, I mean, I just go, I don't think anyone on the, out of all the grouping that got drafted could have landed in a better spot than Ben Cleveland. And every, yeah, anyone who on the fan base, he was expected to be something that he just wasn't. He was a 17 year old kid. He had to grow into his body and get in shape. And he just – he became a mauler of a guard. And everybody wanted expected him to be this huge tackle when he came in. He just – he was never going to be that. But I love Big Ben. I'm happy for him to go to Baltimore, downhill running style. Like, it could not have been a better fit. The biggest surprise for me of everybody that got drafted, though, was Trey McKitty in the third round. So, I did not see that coming at all. Um, I expected him to be a five, six-round guy extremely talented kid I just you know we didn't see a lot of it I mean maybe there's much more film there at Florida State that we just didn't get to see because Florida State was so abysmal and our lack of our lack of usage of the tight ends is well documented the past couple years so but and then also I mean seeing Richard get drafted in the fifth round I mean to come back from the 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 bike accident and then he get to play in the last play of the season and then to see him get drafted after not really being able to prepare for the pro day and then everybody kind of lambasting him because his pro day wasn't that great. And it's just to see him get drafted, couldn't be happier for someone who's been such a great ambassador for Georgia. For me, I always look at the draft through the same prism and that's what does it mean for Georgia Bulldogs football team and Georgia Bulldogs football program. And for me, I just think this is another step, right? This is another step in what Kirby is building there, what they are building as a program. Uh, nine kids getting drafted is just another feather in the hat that you can take out with you on the recruiting trail and say, hey, look, we are the one of the preeminent institutions for helping you chase and catch your dream of playing in the NFL. So first and foremost, that, that was kind of what hit me. And, and that's a big change for us, I think. I, we as a fan base are not used to that becoming the expectation. And what did we start the show with? Hey, are they going to break it next year? So we're yeah. legitimately talking about them having 
nine, 10, 11, 12 more guys drafted next year. And homie, I think you just best get used to that. Like, I don't think that's changing. And everybody should be pumped up about that. So I love that. The, I guess, 1A is hey, you're just thrilled for all those kids, right? Like, yeah, it's not nine kids that caught their dream. And really 11, if you count Malik and DJ, because they're getting an NFL shot. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you want is a shot. I mean, look, I know there's more guaranteed money when you go in the draft and they call your name and that's more glamorous and all that. But look, 11 kids came to the University of Georgia with a dream and left fulfilling it. And that's playing at the highest level you can in the sport that you love. I mean, you just, you love that, right? Um, so I was happy for, for all of them. And I think you and I have talked about this a lot. The NFL has changed for me because I don't really have a rooting interest in a team anymore, mainly because I kind of got to see behind the curtain of my favorite team growing up and it just kind of ruined it for me. So now I just root for the dogs. Like I root for guys that are in different cities. What did your boy text you as soon as the Browns took Richie? The transformation of becoming a Browns fan is almost complete or something to that effect. That's correct. Your boy <laughs> is almost going from one dog pound on Saturday to the other on Sunday. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just love that. I love that Nick's there. I just, I, I like what the Browns are doing. I think they've got an exciting young team. And I'm just tell you, man, the more dogs they draft, the more, the easier it's going to be for me to come on board there. So, uh, and as exhibited by my choice of baseball teams, your boy loves some orange anyways. So I'm happy to jump on the Browns train and have one of them hideous orange jerseys. Wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit, homie. So, yeah, that, that's I was I, I love that. Um, all right. Top number two for you. What were you more surprised by? Aziz falling to 50 or Malik going undrafted? Aziz falling to 50. And if you were to ask me this before senior bowl, it would have been Malik going undrafted, but tearing an ACL that late in the process, him going undrafted didn't surprise me at all. Now, if he wouldn't have gotten picked up at all, that would have been surprising. But with him tearing that ACL, I think it was what the second day of practice at senior bowl or something like that. That's to be expected. The fact he's getting a shot though. It's all, like you said, all you can ask for, but as he's falling to fifth since peach bowl, there has been nothing but talk to him to be in that 15 to 25 range. Yeah. And there was zero talk of him falling out of that range at all until 48 hours before the draft. And then all of a sudden, you know how there's all this type of misinformation that a couple of days before the draft teams trying to do smoke screens. Cause they don't want to, they don't want you to know what they're thinking. So it makes me wonder if it was all just smoke screens with Aziz and Aziz you know, was it just it hurt him, or if there was some real smoke to it, because there was some rumors floating around that he, he like a lot of medical red flags popped up on him, but he never was hurt while he was at Georgia. So that's other than his freshman year. So I'm like, I don't really know exactly what could have popped on that. Like there was no talk yeah. of him having any offseason surgery or anything like that. So it was really odd why he fell. Yeah. I I will say this in my heart of hearts, the, the answer is probably Aziz falling to 50, but like, I was just so sad that Malik didn't get drafted because I think he was just such a damn good dog and like such a good player. And I think absent the industry injury was on track to get drafted. 
I thought I thought he was going to get drafted in a good spot. So I'm telling you, man, there was a lot of buzz around him at the senior bowl practices, and I think he would have had a good game. So I was bummed out about that just because, you know, even the, even though he's getting a shot and I was pumped he's going to Kansas City, because like <laughs> not a bad thing to go to the uh, two years running Super Bowl participant for the AFC. Like, love that, right? Like, that's great for him. McColl's there. Kansas City's a fantastic food town. Like, love that for him. But, I mean, I just – I wanted him to get drafted. So, that would bum me out. I'm with you on a Z's, though. I think that was a bunch of typical NFL misinformation. Somebody's cousin's cousin heard that he had arthritis in his knee, and they told the GMs, and so he didn't get drafted. But just from a straight production perspective and from the numbers that he put up at Georgia's Pro Day, how is he not a first-round guy? Like I, The Giants got a steal, capital S. With Aziz, and I, I mean, you can't can't not like that landing spot for him either, right? Like Andrew Thomas is there, Tay is there. Like so, I love that for him. You know, he's going to have some guys that he automatically walks in and has great camaraderie. Oh, Zoe's there. Yeah, I forgot Zoe's there. I mean, dude, they, if they weren't in the NFC East, I might be a Giants. But I will never, <laughs> ever, ever. They could have a 53-man roster of dogs, and I couldn't root for the Giants. So. I'm the same way. You know me. But I, I will root for, for I will root for all four of I root for all four of them collectively. So yeah. All right. Top number three. More surprised by Richard going in the fifth or DJ Daniel going undrafted. That's a tough one. I'm gonna go with DJ beat going undrafted. And kind of along the same lines of Malik, because the, the previous question because Richard's injury and he didn't get to play what the second half of the season really and he his pro day numbers as I said earlier like people just they skewered him for them even though I I don't care what you do in shorts like I mean I don't get the fascination with that but you know the NFL loves it so whatever but DJ Daniel had a huge week at the senior bowl. That's not yep. all in shorts. That's in pads. They do those drills in pads. They do those scrimmages in pads. So I thought that his stock, I mean, look at Mark Webb, Mark Webb got boosted his stock. I think Mark Webb got drafted because of how he played at the senior bowl. So there was talk of him and DJ Daniel being the two of the top, like three, four participants in the defensive backfield at the senior bowl. So I was really surprised that he did not get drafted. Yeah, I'm the same, man. I mean, I, if you had told me day one that DJ wouldn't get drafted, I'd be like, you're crazy. Because not only do you have a great senior bowl, he's good speed, and he's got great tape. Like, he has good tape against guys who are getting drafted. So I just thought it set up really well for him to be a day three pick. And I was really surprised not to see his name. I thought they were going to get 10 because I kept going, well, DJ's going to get drafted. So, like, you can just put that one in the bank. And when it didn't happen, because to be honest with you, when Mark got drafted, I thought, well, DJ's definitely going to get drafted. Like, I just thought he'd be a perfect guy to play nickel, to help on special teams. I just, I don't know. I thought that was going to be a locked-in pick. And to your point, I just felt like all the narrative around Richard was not great, right? Like everybody's talking about the 40 time and all this kind of stuff. And 
I think we all know if we watched him play with our own two eyes that he, that's not who he is, right? Like he's not yeah. a four seven forty guy. Um, I think he is the definition of nose around the football, right? And like some of that is just inherently speed. So I think the Browns are getting a steal with Richard. Like I think they probably got third round value in the fifth round when he's healthy. So I think that's a great pick for them. But I was a little surprised he went in the fifth, just based on the narrative leading up to the draft. Nothing to do with Richard, nothing to do with the type of player that he is. But given how the NFL is and how the talent evaluators are and how obsessed with numbers and metrics they are, I just didn't think after he ran that 40 that anybody would give him the time of day. I thought he'd have to go somewhere undrafted and just on a prove-it deal, right? Yeah. But, you know, I kept hearing about the GPS monitoring NFL guys got the GPS monitoring now and loved what his GPS numbers look like from the season. And Hey, fantastic. I mean, I love that. Good. Cause a guy like him is the kind of guy that should get a shot and get drafted. So yeah, I, to me, they were both surprising. I, it's hard for me to pick which one, but, but I still think DJ going on draft. I just thought for sure he was going to get uh, picked by somebody. So, but Hey, what he we went to Jacksonville, right? So he'll be down there with Tyson. Yep. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um, I think it was FanDuel. Is that who it was? Somebody released an opening line on uh, Georgia Clemson for the opening week. And Georgia opened as a three-point dog. How do you feel about that? Is that too much? Is that too little? Should they be favored? Where do you sit on that number? It's late April, early May. I could give – two shits what the line is in late april early may talk let's talk about the line when it's second week of august because that'll be a, a more of an indicator of what the line will actually be and honestly if you want to go based off of because i mean really it, they're basing the line what vegas and FanDuel and DraftKings and all these sports books are going to do they're going to choose these lines based off of what they saw on the spring games. That's it. That they don't have the, the beat reporters reports. They don't have the message, the insiders message boards. They don't have the ins and outs of it. They have what people are seeing them and what they saw with their own two eyes. So there's just not enough information for them to really see it. So, and honestly, if you want to, if you want to say, okay, George's entire offense is coming back at the end of last season versus Clemson's entire defense, which one of those two looked better the last two last game they played? Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that, you know, they're a three point favorite. Come on give me a break, but you know, really this should, this realistically should be a pickup game when all is said and done, it should be a pickup game unless there's more injuries one way or the other. That was the only thing that was surprising to me. I, again, you know, the number's the number, and I will wait until more of the, I think, traditional Vegas lines come out before I have, like, any real opinion on it. But I would just have to think, if anything, at this point, that game is a coin flip. I mean, it's neutral site. I, I, I don't really think anybody's going to have any more juice than the other. If anything, I think Georgia travels as good as anybody in the country, so that stadium is probably going to be more red than it's going to be orange. I just feel like you have more of a known commodity coming back at Georgia than you do at Clemson. I know DJ got playing time last year and he got playing time in a big time road environment at Notre Dame stadium, 
but JT had a full season under his belt at Southern Cal and he plays the back end of Georgia's season last year and looked really good. And given what we saw in the spring game with what they're going to do with that offense with coach Munkin, I just, boy, boy, I feel good about them. So yeah, I was a little surprised at the number at them being a dog, but I love it. I, in all honesty, think Kirby coaches better when they're an underdog. So I think that bodes well for us. I hope it stays that way. I hope the number gets a little bit higher, to be honest with you. All right, so top number five, Major Burns to the transfer portal. Did that catch you off guard? Were you expecting that? Do you think that impacts Georgia's secondary adversely for 2021? Where do you sit on all that? I was neither here nor there with it. It didn't – there was a little bit of scuttlebutt that he was homesick. I mean, he's a Louisiana kid. So I don't see, think we're going to see him, like, transfer into LSU. I could see, you know, a smaller school. It hurts from a depth perspective. We are so young on the back end as it is. We don't have that leader right now. And not like he was going to be that leader. He was only going to be a true sophomore or maybe a redshirt freshman. I'm not sure how many games he got in last year. But – just to have some experience in the system would, would have been helpful. So um, I think I texted you in the tap when you, when you sent me the text message about it, it's, it just seems like he was recruited over. Um, so I feel like that it's not hurting us from that aspect, but the depth perspective, I mean, how many people have we lost? I think they said we've lost like nine people that played last year in the secondary, which is just bananas from any program. So that hurts, but in the long grand scheme of things, the talent that's back there, it's young, it's raw, but I don't really see, think we're going to miss a step unless we see a slew of injuries. Well, first of all, I just want to comment that what an excellent football name. I mean, yes, all, all name team first team, like Major Burns. He had no choice but to be good at sports. Like, what an excellent <laughs> PA name, like just fantastic name. Second, I was I was impressed in the in the times we got to see him play. He got a little bit of an extended run at the cocktail party. And man, I thought he had great closing speed and some good instinct. So I was a little bit bummed to see him transfer. But uh, I think the pandemic has changed everything for kids, you know, especially kids that are farther away from home. So maybe this is one of those things where he wants to close to home. I think you bring up a good point that he was probably recruited over. I mean, what is the what is the succession plan for him in the defensive backfield? You know, and I think kids are looking at that, and you can't really blame them. They got a small window to play, so I get that. Um, I, I think about it from special teams. I think he would have been a great depth guy on special teams. So, um, yeah, I, like I feel with all of the transfers, I, I wish him the best. I hope he goes and blows up. Speak. It's kind of a tangential point, but I saw Dwan got announced as starter at temple so that's awesome good yeah. for Juan. love that i hope he tears it up me too man i hope he has a monster year like great kid great resiliency i just hope this is his shot and he just blows up so i love that i was so excited to see that and i also saw some of the kids on georgia's team tweet about it which is cool too because you know tell they could just kind of feel good for him about that so i love seeing that but um, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. We root for him for sure. Be an Owls fan when when Dwan's slinging it around. So that's cool. All right, Saturday night and Sixer this week. And I'll be honest, I don't really know if football applies to this, and I'll explain to you why. But 
The sixer is your six favorite stadium foods. And like, homie, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a nervous Nelly at football games. So like, I ain't a big eater when I go to a football game. Like maybe a beer, maybe a soda, but I'm pretty much locked in. Whereas like baseball, I'm pretty much going to eat. Like I'm going to watch the ball game, but I got some stops. I'm hitting like bottom one, top three, bottom five, top seven. Like, dude, I got specific spots I hit during the course of the game. So I'm, I'm going to let you start, though. Six right, favorite well, stadium have, foods. I have a question. Can we right. make this stadium slash arena? Because, you oh. know, I'm a hockey guy. Yeah, so yeah. there's yeah any okay. any type of sporting event that you're going to attend so i mean homie we can even make it uh even make it like a you know you go to the, the tennis match you're at the tennis court well the, you know, fun, the funny thing is when you first sent me this sent me this is what we were gonna do my first thought wasn't even a sporting event my first thought was concerts because <laughs> i was like that's where i usually because i usually don't eat at sporting events even hockey games i usually eat at like when i'm at a like at a concert that's when I actually eat something. I don't actually eat it. Like, I mean, I might get a snack, but I don't really eat a whole lot at sporting events. So this is going to be a little, I don't even know if I can come up with six. All right. If I embellished a lot before the games, which, you know, let's be <laughs> honest, it, it happens. And I'm trying to soak up with some alcohol. My go-tos usually are, this is not football games because I just don't do it. It's, you know, this other sporting events or concerts my two go-to's always are nachos um uh the uh not a big mustard guy love the cheese dip though so those are my two go-to's and quite honestly as far as food goes that's pretty much all i really get there might be an occasion that like i'll get like one of those like little personal pizzas but i mean realistically that's i don't really eat it these things like i just don't do it because i'm there to enjoy the event and really trying to hydrate myself with water from earlier in the day um so i mean that's four water maybe pizza pretzels and nachos i mean i, I really can't think of anything else i mean the, maybe the I'll, maybe another beer here and there if you want to throw in that as a five there's not food there's just not food i can't think of anything because i just don't do it so yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think I think drink has to be included in the list because like okay. you're 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 doing both. So you could we all can right. go water, water and cold beer is acceptable. Water and cold beer. All right, that's five. Oh, a sixth one. Oh man. Well you said uh, you said you said pizza. We can take that as the six. Well that's that'd be that'd be three foods. So nachos, pretzel, beer. I mean not nachos, pretzel, pizza, beer, water. That's five. I need a sixth one. I honestly, I cannot think of one because I just, I don't eat if he's thick. So let me just pretext this with stadium food and drink. It has a place near and dear to my heart, mainly because I came from a family where just getting the tickets to the game was the errand. So your ass done got it twisted. If you thought we were buying 60 11 concessions, once we actually got to the game, like if you don't think, my mom and dad were fixing like peanut butter crackers and shit to bring to the game. Then I don't know what to tell you. Like we were, we were bring your own food family. So now that I didn't got grown, I'm, I'm buying all the concessions when I go to the ballpark. Okay. <laughs> and like, that ain't nothing against my mom and daddy. We were just happy to be at the ball game, but I'm just telling you that. Go dogs! I, go dogs. I love that. Oh, we love it when the peanut gallery comes on in. We, ne we never upset about that.
So, yeah, like I love, 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 love getting food at the ballpark. So I'm just going to tell you this. This is one with a bullet. It is, for me, the GOAT stadium food. And I'm going to go on a little tangent on this because I don't know why they don't do it at all arenas. But the Helmet Cup ice cream, I mean, I'm just going to tell you it's a scientific fact that ice cream tastes better out of a plastic helmet cup. That's just that's a that's a fact. You can just you can ask Bill Nye, the science guy, about that. That is a hard fact. Okay. So never had it. I'll have to try that one time. Oh, homie, you're missing out. I mean, that is one of life's simple pleasures is a helmet cup ice cream. But here's my thing, okay? It's like a miniature helmet of the team that you're going to see. So like I'm going to see the O's play. I'm gonna get me a little mini O's helmet with some soft serve in it and some sprinkles. All right. And tell me. Why they don't have that at every football game you go to? Like, why am I not getting like a little mini plastic shoot helmet and I'll hold the face mask while I'm eating my ice cream? It's like a perfect receptacle for ice cream. I mean, somebody needs to get on that. Like, we need to talk. This is what, when we get to talk to, hopefully, hopefully, when we hopefully get to talk to athletic director Josh Brooks, first question I'm going to ask. All right, director Brooks, when are we getting Go Dogs helmets with the soft serve ice cream in it at Sanford? Like that is, if we are the ambassadors of Georgia football, that is talking point number one. That has to happen, okay? So <laughs> I'm just going to need you to think on that and tell me why that shouldn't happen. You know, look, homie, you go see the Flyers play and you get you a little goalie helmet. I mean, tell me that wouldn't be good. That's the living awesome. dream right there, brother. So, all right, so that's, that's my little tangent on that. All right, that's, that's my what I need America to have is football helmet ice cream cups when I go see the dogs play or when we go to the SEC championship game. So somebody that can make that happen, get on that, okay? That, that's my number one, okay? Number two, cold beer, man. Like, another thing, beer just tastes better when it's hot out and you're sitting outside drinking a beer. Mostly this is for baseball because, again, like, yeah, I'll have a beer at the football game, but it's not going to change my experience one way or the other because I'm locked in to see the dogs play. Like at a ball game, gonna get you a beer before first pitch. Gonna have one in like the third. You got the guy coming down the aisle, cold beer here. Yep, I'm gonna have to have two of them. Bring it on down here. Keep the change. Like that's that's good living right there. Uh, number three, homie, shell peanuts. Like, give me a bag of shell peanuts, and I'm just gonna go to town. They're gonna be shelled peanuts all over where I sat. Like, you will know exactly where I sat because there will be a Mount Kilimanjaro of peanut shells where I sat during the course of the game. And again, not so much for football because, you know, I just, I got too much going on to be eating peanuts, but baseball game, hundred percent peanuts is happening, brother. Number four, and this should be no surprise to you, some form of fried potato. So like some type of like hand cut French fry, in the cup with the French fries on the outside. I yeah, think that yeah. makes it taste better. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly who's talking about. Yeah. So, so that's on the list. <laughs> and then number five is the Minute Made frozen lemonade cup. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like that perfect consistency between ice cold frozen and like soft serve ice cream. Oh, man. You can't beat that. And I need a little wooden spoon with it too. Like that makes it taste better too. Give me the give me the middle school ice cream wooden spoon to eat with my Minute Maid frozen cup. You feeling that? Yeah. 
Yep. I got you. I knew you, I knew you picking up what I'm putting down. All right. Last one is, and this also should be no surprise to you. Give me the gimmick du jour for the stadium that I am in. So like if I am in Wisconsin, give me a full plate of cheese curds. Like I'm going to have to have some cheese curds at the stadium. Or like if I'm at Dodger stadium, I'm going to eat a Dodger dog or, you know, just fill in the blank, whatever section of the country that I am in, give me the gimmick theme food for the ballpark. The one I'm mostly thinking about at center field at Camden yards, they serve a crab Mac and cheese hot dog with old Bay all over the top. I've had that before. Oh yeah, babe. That's oh, good. Yeah. That's, that's good, good living. That's good living right there. I mean, that's three of my favorite food groups in one place. And those food groups are mac and cheese, anything with crab, and Old Bay. Those are my three favorite food groups right there all in one place. So that's my list, brother. You know, you listen to this. You listen to him talk. You listen to Herschel talk. And you would realistically think that he's the bigger of the two of us. But realistically, <laughs> he's like 160 pounds soaking wet. I am literally two of him. And I'm not, we're not exaggerating here. You would think that he is the biggest, you think he's the bigger of the two, but no, he's a stay. Hey, hey, played quarterback, but boy, do I got the heart of an offensive lineman. I could eat, I could eat with <laughs> the, the big good, boys. Hey, hey, you can, the, the stomach to prove it. Good Lord. Iron gut. <laughs> well, yeah, this should just be a lesson that if anybody out there in dog nation is looking to have a good time at the ballpark, come see your boy HG. We'll eat our way through a couple ball games here. All right, man. That's all I got this week. You got anything else you want to embark on before we get out get out of here? No. Just want to say congratulations to all the dogs that got drafted and to that got a shot in the um in the league coming up. I'm just really proud of you guys and good luck in your future. And let's get ready for the season. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to all the dogs that have gone out and caught their dream. We're excited to watch the dogs that are still chasing their dream come fall. And uh, as always, thank y'all for hanging out with us. And go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.